Welcome, welcome, welcome to 2022. How are you all doing? This is the Distraction Pieces podcast. My name is Scroobius Pip. And as is tradition for the ever popular Films of the Year podcast, it's, um, let me have a look at my clock. It is 8.20 on, uh, on New Year's Day, 8.20am and I'm up for the dawn chorus to take a walk and record my films of the year for you guys. I'm doing a quick, just to document it, I'm doing a quick Instagram story photo. How do I do that? There we go, I've just done an Instagram story. I hope you're all well. As as you as I mean as you'll know, this is my traditional films of the year podcast, films of the year twenty twenty one. It's been so hard whittling them down this year. Um but as this is a particular popular episode, I should take a moment to mention um if you're a fan of the podcast, you can support by heading over to speechdevelopmentrecords.com. The reason I mention this is I'm out here walking, wearing the We May Not Be For You and That's Fine gloves, the We May Not Be For You and That's Fine beanie, um, a speech development hoodie, a a Scroobius Pip snood. You can get a Scroobius Pip of my face, so like the bottom half of my of my face so if you pull it up over your face you will have half of my face kind of warped and distorted it looks terrifying to be honest but yeah that's the kind of thing you can get over there to support anyway i'll get on with the podcast shortly but yeah this has been the hardest year to pick there's been so many good films um in fact let's just get into it but buddy peace drop the music Right, yeah, as I was saying, it's been a hard year to choose these films because there's been so many good films. Um, As ever, I've spent the last few weeks cramming in as many of the films I think I should have seen. Um, I'll let you know now, because of Omicron, I've not seen Spider-Man, which I really wanted to see. I've not seen the new Matrix, which apparently isn't getting the best reviews, but I thought looked the trailer looked decent. I've not seen The Tragedy of Macbeth, which looks amazing. I thought that was out on Apple on Boxing Day, but it was out in the cinemas on Boxing Day, and it's out on Apple Jan 22nd, I believe. But yeah, but I've seen a lot of films that have been absolutely amazing. And as I've been mentioning on socials, I was struggling to to whittle down my 16 and then I saw like four four or five films in a 24-hour period that all of them were in the running so I've not made it easy on myself I will before I kick things off I will explain the um, system I use a lot of people always say and as soon as I post the the, the picture on Instagram um, people say oh you should use a letter Boxed. I'd love to follow you on there, but that would defy the point 
of the end of year podcast because <laughs> you'd all know everything I've watched. And uh, yeah, I think you rate them on, on Letterboxd and everything. So what I do is I make a note in my notes on my phone every time I watch a film that has come out this year. Not every time I watch a film, only films that have come out this year, in the UK this year. And then if I think it might be in the runnings for my films of the year, I put a little star by it. And then come the end of the year, I go through and I add a a second star to all the ones that have made the top 16 films of the year. Now, I'll be honest, if a film's really good, I'll pop two stars by early to kind of go, look, I know this is going to be in the films of the year. And then when we get to the end, I'll look at which ones that have one star are going to join it. And And this year... I had to do the exact opposite. I had so many films that had two stars that I was like, this is definitely going to be in my films of the year that I had to do a whittling down process. Um, And I'm eliminating one. I've still... (laughs) There's a little insight. As I'm recording this, I've still not whittled it down. I've got 17 that have the stars, Um, (laughs) which is kind of... It's kind of nuts. And I'm deciding now which one I'm gonna I'm gonna cut okay okay I think I've got it no I'm still oh I'm so torn yeah okay there we go um well let's start with then an amazing film that I saw right at the start of the year I was in Canada at the start of the year and it came out over there earlier but it came out over here very much in 2021 and that is Promising Young Woman it's fantastic, and they could have gone in so many different directions with it. You've probably all heard about it. It's essentially a revenge movie. Um, a woman... Again, I, I will try and remain spoiler-free throughout this whole episode. But I, I will say the stuff that will come up in the trailer, or the basics of the, the what's known about the film before you, you go into it. I just just realised as I'm out walking, I'm just doing a bit of a hill. I'm breathing quite heavily already, and I know that Brett Goldstein, Emmy Award winning Brett Goldstein, really enjoys my heavy breathing on these episodes. He doesn't. He hates it um, because of the um, un, un, uh, unwanted arousal. But is what it is, man. You got to deal with that kind of thing now. You're an Emmy Award winner. Yeah, there there won't be spoilers. I'll tell you the. Digest. And what everyone knows from the trailer about this, and from all the awards it got, is that Carrie Mulligan is um, playing a woman who pretends to be drunk or out of it at clubs, at bars, and sees which men choose to take advantage of that and take her home. And then when she gets them there, she uh, snaps out of it. And there will be levels of revenge, which I won't go into any more detail on. But it's fantastic. It's really well... I mean, the performances are amazing. The writing is amazing. Everything about it. The twists and turns. They could have been so much lazier with uh, some of the stuff that unfolds. um, And they were not. So that's my first choice. I'm doing these in order that I saw them. I write them out in order. And the next one was another one I watched... In my little <laughs> Airbnb in Canada, oh man, I spent 
seven months in an Airbnb in Canada on my own because of a TV show I was filming called De Debris and because of a pandemic. And they had a good service over there, particularly because the cinema's closed, where you could rent films that would have been in the cinema. Obviously, you're familiar with this, but they were straight out. Um, and the next one I watched and has made the list is Judas and the Black Messiah. Absolutely fantastic. By the way, at the end of the podcast, I'll do a rundown of the sh of the long list. These are the ones that made the final sh shortlist as such. I'll do a rundown of the ones that had one star. But um, Judas and the Black Messiah, another one that you should know about because your boy Daniel Kaluda won an Oscar for it, right? I think it was Oscars. It's amazing. It's it's telling the story of a leader of the the, the Black Panthers and but basically a whole part of American history that I was unaware of, Black American history that I was unaware of and the performances are amazing it's just a powerful f f f film it's the debut film from the, the Lucas brothers who are a couple of comedians I've been a fan of for a minute I was going to have on the podcast years ago we discussed it over Instagram but um, it, it just it never came to pass because at that point I wasn't doing them over Zoom and whatnot so it was a case of if they're in the country but yeah they they wrote this film and have instantly <laughs> won awards and hugely in demand because it's it's fantastic and it does have script wise it has the sharpness of a comedian's mind or a pair of comedians minds it's really good i highly recommend it again the good th th thing about a lot of these earlier ones is that they're going to be in the um on demand and things like that at the moment nice and easy uh, i'm going back and forth on which one I'm, I'm now at the point of the one that i was gonna cut yeah i no i don't want to cut it right i'm gonna so basically i'm torn between free guy um on disney and in the heights so which one do you think i should go for guys which one should make the cut okay i'm gonna cut in the heights oh, really good though <laughs> i'm gonna cut in the heights okay so i'll talk about free going a bit but just while we're here in the heights i adored it it's lin manuel or what's his name and it's fantastic it's it's a musical about washington heights uh, no i'm going for it I'm going for In the Heights. I'm sorry. For, no, I'm not. I'm going to cut free. I'm going to kick... In, in In the Heights isn't in. But it's a musical and it's great and I love it. And I, I, I recommend it. I won't talk about it anymore. Um, the next one I will talk about, though, is Supernova. Which is, I think, the first film I saw when there was a period where the cinemas opened again. And, oh, man, it's such a beautiful f film. It's Stanley Tucci... And Colin Firth are a couple who one of them is is terminally ill, and they decide that they want to have one last r r road trip and enjoy it and see nature. And it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. It's slow and delicate, 
but the the two lead performances are are astounding. It's so nice. It's such a wonderful film. It really it hit me. Um, n- not to go off on a tangent, but a song of mine, Terminal, um, was originally about a couple deciding to have one last night together it ended up being about someone with a terminal illness making that choice to go right now I'm going to choose when I go um, and how I go and I guess there's kind of a connection here with that as said Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci's performances are are so wonderful in this Um, their relationship is so believable and so delicate and I, I think I keep saying that but yeah it's wonderful so that's um that's next up and the next one is a documentary which I watched on my birthday I cancelled birthday plans as many did this year although it was in the in the summer numbers were still high enough for me to personally feel I wasn't comfortable um hosting a super spreader event not super spreader i'm not that popular but my mum and dad came around and we watched summer of soul which is on disney plus and it's quest love's documentary he's made about um the kind of it's referred to as the as the black woodstock that happened around the same time as woodstock in uh in brooklyn i think and had the most amazing lineup of legends: Sly and the Family Stone, Stevie Wonder. Honestly, you think of any iconic black singer, and they were there. And it happened, and was filmed and documented. And then all the tapes have sat in a, a basement for fifty years, and it was completely overlooked as the for the iconic event that it was and it's astounding it's kind of annoyed me when this uh <laughs> when this Beatles documentary is blown up also on Disney and I'm like yeah yeah cool but have you watched Summer of Soul yet it's amazing so yeah if you got Disney Plus for the Beatles documentary oh I'm getting really out of breath now I'm gonna sit down yeah Give, give Summer of Soul a look. It's amazing. The thing that blew me away the most was uh, the host. The guy who organised it all is an absolute superstar of a character. Yeah, he's so cool. Oh. Okay, let's, let's have a sit down. Right, next up is F- Free Guy. This is the one I said that I was battling in the heights for, for a position. But I felt it deserved it because... A lot of my choices of this year in particular are very independent, smaller films, more unusual films. And Free Guy is very much a mainstream popcorn type movie. And it is so much better than it has any right to be. <laughs> Obviously, it's got. It's, it's, it's from Sean Levy, who. I had one of my favourite podcasts of the year with. It's Ryan Reynolds, it's Jodie Comer, it's Taika Waititi. There's obviously it's a ridiculous cast, so of course it was going to be good. But yeah, 
I loved it, and I thought it had loads of twists and turns and surprises along the way. So I wanted it in here, because it doesn't have to be a weird, arty film or a little film that was only on in a screen that had 50 seats to make it on the list, or to, or to make it, it, it quality. And there's loads on the list. I'll mention on the roundup later that... um there's numerous ones on the list that were big blockbusters that almost made it this year, but have just just not made it b- 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 because of a few of the films I saw right at the end of the year. So yeah, I highly recommend Free Guy. Another one on Disney Plus. Um, I mean, I know Disney Plus has sponsored the podcast a couple of times uh, uh, this year, but this isn't a sponsored episode. Um, I will also mention that a lot of these from here on was when I was back in the UK. And I watched with my Cineworld Unlimited card, which, again, for someone who watches as many films as me, is a blessing. And it also means, as I've said before, you'll take risks on films because you're like, ah, it's not costing me anything. I've already paid. It's already in the bag. And one of those films I was very excited to to roll the, the dice on was Zola. It's a wonderful film. It was. It's come from a tweet, basically, years ago... Someone, a, a, stri- a stripper, tweeted about this series of events that happened when she met another stripper and went away for a weekend with her to go and work at this particular club, and crazy shit unfolded. And it went v- viral. It was this classic kind of run of tweets. I think they did the, a book of it, and now they've done a film, and it was fantastic. It really is an insane series of events and it's portrayed wonderfully. It all unfolds amazingly. It's one of many films this year I saw and loved starring Coleman Domingo, who was also in Candyman, which almost made made the list. I really enjoyed that. I didn't see nearly enough people talking about how great Candyman was. Um, Yeah, I recommend Zola. It's also proper... Got a proper independent vibe and a proper 2021 voice about it as a film, if you know what I mean. You know, it really, it's it slaps you in the face and uh, makes no apology. Um, right, so next up, speaking of weird <laughs> independent mad films, Annette, written by the Sparks Brothers, um, starring the Starks, Sparks Brothers at, at at one point, but also starring um, your man... I've just forgotten his name. He's in several of the films I adored this year. Everyone loves him. He's the lad from Star Wars. Look, it's 8.40 now on New Year's Day. My mind ain't quite there. Um, Big, tall lad. Anyway, yeah, it's fantastic. It's bizarre. So, it's about... it's It's kind of a musical... The opening should not work, but it does, and it's glorious. The director is a favourite of mine as well. He did, I'm sure he did uh, Lovers on the Bridge. I spoke to Edgar Wright about it. Yeah, he did Lovers on the Bridge um, and Holy Motors, which is also a bonkers bonkers film. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's really weird. It's basically about... And these people give birth to a little marionette doll called Annette. And it's about that. 
It's about this this doll and then then bringing the doll up. One of them is a, a singer and one is a a comedian. And yeah, it's it's bizarre and strange and wonderful. I highly recommend it. That's also one that I've not seen nearly enough kind of raving about. Um, I can't believe I can't remember you guys' name. Um, I'm looking it up now. Because he's, well, he's one of my favourite actors and honestly a dream podcast guest. Adam Driver, of course. Adam fl- Flippin' Driver. There we go. And the and the director is, is Leos Carax, who, as said, has done so many good films and is so wonderful. But yeah, you, if you go to the Teddy Edgar Wright episode, you can hear me having a bit of a chat about that. In fact, the the I'm going to skip the next one and come back to it because the next because the one after that is by Edgar Wright, and it's uh, L- Last Night in Soho, and I. Uh, Adored everything about it. I can't wait to watch it again. I'm going to get a, a, a rewatch now. It's available on demand. Yeah, I think it's Edgar Wright's best film, and what a big thing to say considering it's Edgar Bloody Wright who did, obviously on his own, did did Baby Driver, but with Simon and Nick did Shaun of the. I mean, it's hard to compare things to Shaun of the Dead and World's End and. And um, hot fuzz because they they feel like a separate thing, but this feels like such. It feels like an Edgar film. So I guess I'm saying, I loved Scott Pilgrim. I loved the Baby Driver, and I loved Last Night in Soho even more. The performances from Thomas and Mackenzie and Anya Taylor Joy and Matt Smith. It's just astounding, and the way it's all put together, the way it flows. Oh, it's a beautiful film. It's dark and wonderful um, and strange, and it captures Soho so beautifully. So, yeah, Last Night in Soho had to be in there. The one I saw before that that's on the list is a film called Shiva Baby, which is absolutely amazing. Um, It's on Apple TV, I think. And it's a young woman at a Jewish funeral uh, with her parents where she runs into her her sugar daddy. And it's fantastic. I don't think I'd seen anything from from the the writer and director, um, Emma Seligman, before. And it's fantastic. A great introduction to her. And Rachel Sennott is getting so much praise and awards because this is her kind of her breakout role, her introductory role. I hadn't seen her in anything yet. I felt like I'd seen her in everything, if that makes sense. She's got such amazing presence, performance, everything. She's fantastic. So, um, yeah, Shiva Baby, I highly recommend you seek it out. I don't, again, I think it's another one that in the UK it's not had that much. Um, talk or hype or raving about but it's brilliant it's really really good um and speaking of brilliant and really really good the beta test i spoke earlier of uh of brett goldstein um he had jim cummins the writer director star producer 
of the beta test on films to be buried with recently and it's one of the best podcast episodes i've ever heard um if you're not familiar with jim jim's amazing he he just he, he makes his own stuff <laughs> um and it's a massive inspiration for all the things i'm writing at the moment and my plans for the the, the years ahead he did a short called thunder road that got a lot of love and a lot of awards and he turned it into a a feature that got equally a lot of love and a lot of awards he then did a horror called the wolf of snow hill and the beta test is his latest one um and i i loved everything about it it's it's a hollywood agent who receives a mysterious letter can you tell that from this point onward i've opened imdb so i've got the kind of synopsis on them (laughs) so it's a bit more succinct but he receives an, a mysterious letter for an anonymous sexual encounter. So basically, yeah, he receives a letter saying, look, if you want to have a one-off anonymous sexual experience that no one will ever know about, your 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 fiancé won't know about, come to this hotel room at this time and it will happen. And uh, he's intrigued and then things unfold in glorious and bizarre ways um yeah i really i recommend it as soon as i saw it because i'd seen it on um sky like box office and i thought oh well i don't really know what that is and then i realized it was jim and i thought right i i like what this guy's up to so i thought i'd give it a go god that's a boring story isn't it i thought i had more there but i don't the next one is one of the ones that is fighting for actual film of the year you know i don't do a film film of the year i just do here's my top 16 but beyond the infinite two minutes is a work of art it's amazing it's a one shot and it plays with space and time within a one shot film um a guy in a cafe finds that he owns a he's got a cafe and he he's, he lives above it and he realizes that the security camera downstairs when he watches it upstairs it's the future but only two minutes it's two minutes into the future so he can see into the future but only two minutes and that then unfolds this amazingly intricate, mind-bending series of events that gets bigger and bigger off of this simple, weird premise that has said, yeah, he looks at the security camera, he looks on the screen in his bedroom on his, his laptop, and it shows the security camera downstairs, but two minutes into the future. And, yeah, it's amazing. It's such a... It's one of those ones you watch and go, I don't know how they they could have written this script, for starters, because anything that's got kind of elements of time travel, I guess, in is always confusing. But then you add that they do it all as a one-shot. So, essentially, the camera starts r- 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 rolling and we're off. Yeah, it's amazing. But speaking of, of one-shots, next up on my list is a film called Boiling Point, which is also a one-shot. And this almost didn't make the the list because I've loved it for so long. And let me tell you the journey of it. So 
It's from Stephen Graham. It's the first production from the production company Stephen has set up with um, his wonderful wife, Hannah, um, Matriarch. And they originally made this as a short. And I saw it a year or two years ago. No, it was when we were filming. They filmed it just after we were filming Venom. I'll also make a note. I mean, you'll see this on my list, but Venom, Let There Be Carnage, I disqualified because of my own involvement. So I can't. (laughs) It was on my list and I was like, come on, you can't put things that you're in. Um, But anyway, while me and Stevie were on set for that, he was telling me about Boiling Point because they'd done the short at that point, I think, and they were just about to start doing the feature. But because it's a little independent, it's taken so long to get into the cinema. It won a load of awards when it came out. But yeah, they had a premiere in one of those gaps in the pandemic when things looked like it was maybe getting back to normal. And it's amazing. It's about a chef um, who's running the opening night of, of of his new restaurant. I think it's opening night, but a big night of his, his, his new restaurant. It's not opening night, actually. It's a big night of his new restaurant. And it's the stresses that come with that. Now, that alone put that into a, a one-shot. The beauty of a one-shot, a lot of you know I'm a fan of a one-shot. I've, I've hosted the, the, the one-shot film awards in the past. I've done numerous one-shots of my music videos, whether it be Stunner, Introduction, either of the... Um, what's the ones I do? No, no Nimbus and the other one. I can't remember any of my own stuff. I don't watch it, but... Um, yeah, I'm a big fan of a one-shot, and it 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 can add tension because it's just all flowing and it feels so real and in the moment. In this story, you add that the head chef has an alcohol problem. You add all sorts of individual problems for members of the staff. And it's, yeah, it's just amazing. I highly recommend you seek it out. My boy Rob Parker, previous podcast guest, give such a good performance in it Vanette, Hannah everyone, there's there's so many good performances in this, it's 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 astounding and as a as a, 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 a setting of the flag for a production company um, it's a hell of a start to go, here's the kind of sh- sh- shit that we're going to make we're going to push boundaries we're not going to make it easy <laughs> we're going to do challenging, unusual stuff it's it's wonderful so yeah, I recommend that. Next up, another one that feels really independent and really small, but with a huge n- 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 name in it. Because obviously Stephen Graham's huge now. He's a g- he's widely acknowledged as one of the best actors in the world, and rightfully so. But as is Joaquin F- F- Phoenix, and he had a film out this year called Come On, Come On, and I loved it. It's it's a film about he he is a documentary filmmaker in it, and situations play out that he has to look after his nephew for a few days. His nephew he's not spent tons of time with. Again, it all unfolds as to why that is. But you essentially get a rocking phoenix hanging out with this cool kid, and the kid is helping him make the documentary he's making about school kids so he's already interviewing kids but they're a little bit older and this his nephew now kind of helps and becomes part of that and it's really beautiful the first 
20, 30 minutes, I was like, this is great, this is enjoyable, but it's not going to make my films of the year list. It's clearly just a bit of fun, a passion project. I, I work him and this kid are just hanging out. There's not a lot more to it. But then as you realise the kind of layers of it and the the weight of each interaction and hangout, that was when it had to make my films of the year list because I was thinking about it more after I'd watched it as well. In fact, I was chatting to um, Gemma Moore about it, who, weirdly, both of us went to see Come On, Come On and Lamb back-to-back, which is bizarre because they're odd choices. But, um, yeah, we were talking about it more and more afterwards, and it just grew and grew in my estimation because you realise the kind of the power, as said, of each interaction, of each hangout. I mean, on the surface, it's just... A fun thing to watch because Rockin' Phoenix is obviously amazing. The kid in it is astounding, and it's just a good odd couple kind of hangout. But yeah, I adored it. You realise the value of each moment, the reason he wants to document it, and all that. What he learns from the kid, what he teaches the kid. It's wonderful. Um, Lamb is also wonderful, by the way. I'll mention it in my in my roundup. It made the the long list it almost made the final list um but we've got three left on the final list of my top 16 two of them i think are up there with beyond the infinite two two minutes to push for the actual film of the year but the 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 next one which is absolutely wonderful is everybody's talking about jamie and this feels like it's a film that's been on my radar for so long because I know some of the guys at Warp who were making it. I've said before, I keep an eye on whatever Shine Baig is casting. She's an amazing... She works on some of the best projects. Me and her still haven't worked together. She's one of the first people I, I hustled a meeting with before I had an agent, before anything. Riz Ahmed set me up a meeting with her. Gaz Khan raves about baggy so yeah um i keep an eye on, on what she's doing there's a few other people um carmel cochran there's loads of people i keep an eye on there's hamilton i keep an eye on what they're casting because then they, they tend to make good shit and this is one of them but it felt like it was taking ages <laughs> i mean partly probably because of the pandemic but it's a musical set in the north um, it, it was a, it's a st- stage show. It's f- from the stage show, um, I believe. Anyway, I may have got that completely wrong, but I believe it's a stage show that they've made the film out of. And it's about a young boy up north who decides he wants to wear makeup and dresses and heels and be generally f- fabulous. And it's. As I said, it's a musical, so there's loads of amazing songs in it. It's about that struggle and that journey of Jamie deciding what that means and who that makes Jamie. But it's really glorious. The, the, the way that it all plays out, the direction is amazing. The All the performances are fantastic. There's a lad in it from Ladhood who's really good as the kind of, as the baddie as such. R- Richard E. Grant's performance 
again, I think I'm using astounding a lot, but it's astounding. There's a song that he does that I'm just enjoying this kind of um, glamorous jaunt. And then uh, he does this particular song that just had me in absolute bits. So, um, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. This dog. Hello. 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 It's all right, mate. Happy New Year. Yeah. It's amazing. It's really good. And as said, it's it's one. Well, you you know I'm a Richard E. Grant fan. I've had him on the podcast, and we connected over our, our two watches. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this performance from him is really great. The whole film's great. Get get it watched now. When I tweeted the other day, uh, I don't know when you're going to listen to this. I mentioned it at the start. I said, look, I had my films of the year already overflowing. And then I watched three films in a day that all were in the running. And I tweeted that. So it's a nightmare, but it's a good nightmare. But then I added to that tweet. I said, and also last night I watched a film that not even in the running it's 100% in my films of the year it's probably my film of the year and my boy Craig Parkinson shout out to Craig Parkinson replied saying looks like someone watched Titan last night and Craig you are 100% correct dear god I'd been waiting for Titan to come out for a minute um as I said I've not watched Spider-Man and these other ones because they've come out in the, the cinema when I don't think, for for me, I don't personally feel comfortable or that it's the responsible thing to do to go and sit in a rammed big cinema. And then I had this conflict because Titan f- finally came out. I've been hearing about it. I was like, oh, fuck, it needs to be in my films of the year. I need to watch it for my films of the year anyway. And I looked at the screenings at my local s- Cineworld in Basildon, only place that was sh- showing it. None of the other ten of my trains had this film on, and I saw. I thought I'll have a look. <laughs> I, no, originally I thought at some point this week, the the week leading up to Christmas, at some point this week I'll go and see it. And then on, on one of the first nights I looked, I clicked on the uh, on the tickets, and it had only one ticket had been sold in the screen. So I thought, well, I can go in this screen with just with just one other person. Um, I wear my mask, keep our distance, all that kind of thing. So yeah, I went to see it, and it was absolutely amazing. It blew me away. I I honestly can't tell you much about it. A young girl is in a car crash, has to have a titanium plate put in her head. We then f- 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 fast forward. 15 years or whatever and catch up with her and then the madness ensues it's from the 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 director of raw which is on my previous films of the year list so yeah i can't tell you too much else about it my mate aaron shrimpton uh new waverly productions is it i think who's made his 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 debut film this year which i've not got to see again because of pandemic stuff but i've heard amazing things about Arcadian Nights is it called or Lights apologies for getting that wrong but yeah I recommended it to Aaron Aaron worked with me on Intradiction on loads of the music videos um, but I know he's he's a film head l- like myself and I said to him look 
get to see this in the cinema if you can. We both lived near that same cinema world that was screening it. Um, but I said to him, don't read anything about it. <laughs> just go in, just I promise you. And the messages I got from him on last night on New Year's Eve, just saying how blown away he was by it and how it's his film experience of the year by far. How, yeah, it was so visceral and such a mad... It, I mean, I say go and see it without reading anything about it. Tr- trigger warnings, it's dark and messed up and crazy. So if dark, messed up, crazy stuff isn't your thing, then maybe avoid it. But, dear God, is it my thing. So, yeah, amazing. Um, we're at, at 45 minutes, and my, my, my battery's actually getting low. But thankfully, we're on the last one. And the last one was a real toss-up, because there was two. Oh, no, it's, it, it's the three that I watched in one day. The, uh, uh, let's go through that one of them was Riders of Justice M- Mads Mikkelsen um, I'd seen the poster for it I'd seen it come up on Sky Premiere meaning it was free to watch because of the package I have and I thought the poster looks sh- shit so I thought it's probably not a very good film but then I heard Joe Cornish talking about it to Adam Buxton on their on their, their Christmas episode of Adam's podcast and he had it as one of his his films of the year. I feel I'm getting in a bit of a draft now. I'm going to try and move because I don't know if this is going to be affecting or picking up. Yeah, Joe had it as one of his films of the year and I thought, all right, I'll give that a look. And I loved it. It was really good. Really good, interesting um, thing. It's, it's, a, it's a revenge movie, essentially. But yeah, I really enjoyed it. And Mads Mikkelsen obviously is just ridiculous. He's so good. The other one of the two that didn't make the list was don't look up which i thought was amazing i thought it was really good everyone is talking about that loads i don't think i need to 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 go into that a massive amount but obviously the cast is amazing adam mckay is a modern great in my opinion um as a director and writer and all sorts yeah but the one that didn't did make the list i watched all three of these in one day it was one of the best days of the year for me <laughs> i was just alone i watched three films i ate loads of food i said it was in that kind of in between christmas and new year period so i was just pigging out um and the one that did make it was another round which is another mads mickelson film i'd heard good things about it it was another one it started i was like this is cool but it's not really gonna blow my hair back and by god did it blow my hair back by the end essentially it's about some teachers or a group of friends actually more importantly that decide to try out a theory they've read that humans are born with 0.05 too little alcohol in their blood so the, the, the uh, this theory that I've read is that by adding that kind of permanently, having a constant tiny little bit of alcohol in you, it would improve who you are, everything about you. And they experiment with this, and it's so it's it sounds so simple and silly, but it's wonderful. It's a really beautiful film about f- friendship, about identity, about growing older, and the changes that come about relationships. And about the fact that Mads Mikkelsen is fucking brilliant and is an absolute G. So yeah, that rounds off 
my films of the year 2021. Let's let's go through the um, the long list because it's long. <laughs> but honestly, all pretty much anything on this this long list could have made it into the into the final. So the Mauritanian, one night in Miami, which is absolutely astounding. I recommended on the on the drunk cast. Um, really good film on uh, Prime. Uh, Minari, worthy of all the awards it won. White Tiger on Netflix, I believe, is fantastic. The Father. The Father had two stars by it for a long time. Absolutely astounding film. The Dig, also on Netflix. Wonderful. Nomad Land, again, worthy of all the awards. The Mitchells versus the Machines. Another Netflix one, fantastic sensor, had two stars by it for a long time. I've chatted to, to Prano Bailey Bond, I've chatted to Neve Algar, fantastic horror. Nobody was right up there, um, really good film. In the Heights, obviously, we've gone into that. People just do nothing big in Japan, had two stars by it for a minute. I'm sorry, boys. Um, but I've had literally everyone f- f- from that film on the podcast at some point. So go and hear about the, the love I have, have f- for that film. Bl- Bl- Black Widow, I loved. I've heard some people <laughs> hating on it. <laughs> and apparently it didn't k- 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 get the best reviews. But I thought it was great. A classic horror story on, on, on Netflix. Really good. Really enjoyed it. And there was another one on Netflix that was similar where is it oh, i don't know oh blood red sky was also they were both really good i loved the suicide squad i went in very excited that was my birthday film this year adored it the courier was amazing the the disciple that had two stars by it for a long time Really good film on Netflix. Really good. That, oh, I'm now thinking that sh- that should have been in the in the list. But yeah, the Disciple had two stars for a long bit. A r- a reminiscence. Um, I loved. I adored everything about uh, watching that film. Uh, I loved the way the the world they built and the way it l- looked and the feeling and the vibe and the tension. Yeah, wonderful. The, the Night House had two stars by it for a long time. Really good horror. I think it's on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, I recommend it highly. I also recommend Pig, the um, Nicolas Cage film. Really good about Nicolas Cage has got a truffle hunting pig and someone steals it and it's him trying to get his pig back and taking revenge on people. It's basically John Wick with Nicolas Cage and a pig. Um, it's not really, but it's, it's good. Candyman. As I said, Candyman was, had two stars by it until yesterday when I was whittling these down. I thought it was amazing. I thought the two lead performances were astounding. And there was a few moments that just really, yeah, I loved it. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, I thought was fantastic. Really good... Superhero goodness, maybe my favourite of the Marvel Marvels from this year. Yeah, I think so. Obviously, Venom: Let There Be Carnage is a Sony Marvel, so 
it's not as good as that. Nothing is. Cop Shop was one that, that caught me completely off guard. I went to watch Cop Shop to fill some time. Again, that was one where I had a gap. I had my Turner World card. I caught Malignant, which is as wonderful and bonkers as everyone says. And Cop Shop, back to back. I loved them. Incidentally, it's looking like it's going to cost me 100 quid. Because the people who run the car park of that cinema, shout out to Cineworld Hemel Hempstead. Apparently you can't watch two films in a row. (laughs) Because you're not allowed to stay in the car park for free for more than four hours. There's no way to pay. So if you watch two films in a row, trailers obviously make it longer. Then it costs you 100 quid. I'm currently fighting them on it but not having much luck next up many saints of of newark this is another one had two stars for a minute it's the sopranos origin movie (laughs) as such and um michael gandolfini oh man the only thing that made a dampen on this was i was so excited to see him playing his dad essentially playing the role his dad made iconic because I've seen the trailer and he looked amazing. He doesn't come into it until at least halfway through. So it needs a rewatch on my part because I adored it, but I spent a lot of it going like, come on, where's where's my guy? There's the young Tony Soprano. But yeah, fantastic film. The Lost Daughter had two stars by it for a long time. Really good. I believe it's the directorial debut, debut of, of Maggie G- G- Gyllenhaal. But it's amazing. Um, really good performance from Olivia Coleman. That's not a shock to anyone. It's Olivia fucking Coleman. I should cut these bits shorter. Dune. I really enjoyed the new Dune. It had two stars for a long time because it blew me away. I'll be honest, it probably lost out because it's so huge. <laughs> you know, when I'm going through this films of the year, as an experience, it was as good as anything i had i saw it in the cinema in imax i loved it the harder they fall on netflix really good western the the cast is just amazing ridiculous cast in fact ridiculous amazing is underselling it's ridiculous the card counter is one that um the previously mentioned aaron shrimpton recommended i catch and i'd seen it on on the lineup at my local world it was another one that i thought if I've got a gap, if it looks like it's a quiet screening, let's give that a little look. And I loved it. I went in not really knowing anything about it. And yeah, it's very, very good. The The next three, I don't know why I'm putting them together. I have no reason to. Ghostbusters Afterlife had two stars for a minute as well. I thought it was amazing. I went in not expecting much because everything's a, re- a reboot or a remake these days and they're generally quite disappointing. But I loved everything about it and Paul Rudd is just the best thing that's happened to us as a as a, as a species, I think. Um, Pirates, man, I loved Pirates. Or oh, the next two, both star Yusef Kokor and... Both were close to being in my films of the year list. Youssef is on the podcast in a few weeks. Pirates was the directorial debut of, um, of Reggie Yates. And it's about three kids trying to get into a rave on New Year's Eve. On the Millennium New Year's Eve, the big one. And it's fantastic. It's such a good 
directorial debut. It's amazing. Um, and then House of Gucci couldn't be more different. Huge budget, huge film. Adam Driver, uh, Al Pacino, <laughs> uh, a, a, a Lady Gaga. Like, it's amazing. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it looked beautiful. It's wonderful. There's a sex scene in it that I thought was one of the sexiest scenes I've seen in recent years for the first half and then not for the second half. (laughs) But you can make your own judgment on that. Next up, The the Last Duel, which is currently, I think that's on Disney or Apple maybe. And it's amazing. I'd heard all these arguments because, who is it? It's Ridley Scott. Ridley had been saying, oh, it's not been a big hit because of people like to watch films on their phone now and all this this kind of thing and i thought oh that sounds a bit moany it's probably not that good i put it on it's fucking amazing again it's another one that had had two stars for a minute it's really good it's it's tells it's and again i'm not that into like medieval stuff these days i've got a bit bored of all that so i think that's why it it took me a while to, to to give it a look but it's again adam driver Matt Damon, Jodie Comer, Ben Affleck in a medieval thing. For fucking, why did it take me so long? But yeah, it tells a really interesting story in a really interesting way. And it feels very modern and important now, even though it's this big true story medieval thing. Um, So I recommend that highly. Passing, I recommend that highly. That's on Netflix. Really good. Tessa Thompson... Is it Thompson or Tom, Thompson and Ruth Negger? Really good, really good, really good. Together, I'd, I'd recommended by Alice Lowe when we were doing um, some filming this year. Um, it's really good. It really, it's got one of the best explanations of exponentiality with relation to viruses that I've ever seen. So if that's what you're looking for, <laughs> I know that's what you're looking for. Lamb was amazing, absolutely bonkers, but amazing how quickly they make you comfortable with how bonkers it is and how the bonkersness seems normal. So I recommend that massively. Encounter, I adored. Um, that's on Prime. Riz Ahmed, Joe Barton wrote it. Really good film about, yeah, kind of, is it an apocalypse thing or is it a mental health film it's a dad and his two kids but it's unclear throughout if the dad's just having a kind of manic episode or if he knows some mad shit shit that's going on um so yeah really good really well done i mentioned riders of justice i mentioned don't look up the last two on the list hand of god on a netflix italian film about a family um in the 80s the late 80s mid to late 80s it's wonderful it's really good and then the the uh, then the last one is the last film i saw this year the, the bike thief again really good really good film about a guy who's a delivery driver and his bike is his life like quite literally because he's, he's him and his family are living hand to mouth 
And as you can imagine, some stuff happens. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a really well done little movie. It felt really personal and uh, engaging throughout. There's a load of films I wanted to watch this year that I feel may have made the um, the, the films of the year, but I haven't got round to. Um, Procession is one that looks really good on Netflix. Um, I had small engine repair recommended but it doesn't appear to be out in the uk i mentioned i wanted to watch the tragedy of Macbeth. that's one of the cohen's and the cast is just amazing a few other films bendetta is coming out next year so i know i've no doubt that'll be on my films of the year list playground is it was one that i had recommended but again looks like it comes out over here properly next year like they were all out in like a London Film Festival or Film Festival type things. But um, yeah, that is this year's Films of the Year list. I will be posting the full list. I mean, the full list of everything I watched, which will have the stars for the that I've gone through, the long list and the short list, and obviously an image of the top 16. I'll be posting that in about a week, I reckon. So I know you're going to be annoyed and go, oh, I want to check it but i don't like to post it immediately because that negates the point of having the um of, of, of listen i want people to listen to the podcast and hear me get excited about these films because i love them um so yeah shout out to all you lot man i know it's been a mad year particularly for, for people who are who cinema is a really important part of their mental health and that is the case for me, at the end of last year, when I was in Canada on my own, and they closed the cinemas, man, it fucking hit me, because that's my safe space, that's where I go to escape things, to unwind, to just revel in joy, so, so, so that was tough, but it's been an amazing y- 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 year for films, you know, there's been some amazing films out, hopefully at some point the cinemas will be open and safe and in a good position as i said i'm still not 100 percent comfortable i'm i'm if i'm catching anything i'm looking at what time it's on i'm going when it's quiet and even if i've planned it to go when i'm quiet i'm i'm not booking the tickets until late because i'm going right how many are sold already because you get to like when you choose choose your seat you can say how many are in there and how spaced out it'll be that's just my personal preference not judging anyone who's up for like a massive everyone in have a laugh all works man whatever's good for you but i do know as i said there's a lot of people who won't have been comfortable and have been missing that absolute joy so um yeah there's loads of good films on the streamers and there's loads of good films in the cinemas when it's right to do so um i'm rambling now quite literally (laughs) as i'm out in the in the woods um i've got some amazing podcasts coming up this year man I've already recorded some podcasts that were instantly... Like, you know, I mention every now and then, and people overhype as if I say it all the time, but every now and then I say I record one, and when it finishes, I'm like, oh, man, that's that's up there. I won't tell you about them. I mean, the Yousef one is one of them. I mentioned a, a Yousef Kakao earlier. It's amazing. He's amazing. But, yeah, there's a whole load of really good episodes all on their way in the new year. But... Thank you lot for tuning in all this past year. Um, oh, God, I'm just talking shit now. Turn it off. 
have a good one um i'll see you next week in fact no actually i'll see you at the weekend at the weekend i'm putting out an mma roundup if you're into that kind of thing with sean sheehan of the severe mma podcast blake harrison um and Stu whiffin both of the mma fan podcast so that'll be out later in the week at some point i ain't decided yet but then after that we'll get on to the the regular here's a guest let's have a chat so yeah that's my two roundup ones last year i did a tv one i think or the year before this year i've gone for an mma roundup to go alongside the obviously stalwart of the distraction pieces lineup the first podcast of the year every year the films of the year 2021 I'll see you in a bit. Until then, stay sane and stay safe. Ta-ta. You've been listening to Scroobius Pip's Distraction Pieces.